You're listening to Black History for White People, a podcast where we educate, resource, and challenge white people about black history. I'm Brad, and on today's show are my co-hosts, Katina and Garen. Today's topic is black arts, and we are joined by Propaganda, who is a poet, political activist, husband, father, academic, and MC. If you're not familiar with his work, go to iTunes or Spotify, just type in Propaganda, and listen to his entire Crooked album. It is awesome. We also have him describe his current contribution to the current wave of protests and resistance for civil and human rights. We ask what is the most important thing for him to say and express right now thematically and as a black man, a Christian, and an advocate to help describe the intersectionality between burden and hope. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Brother, thank you for uh, joining us. I'm excited to do this interview. And my first question, every single time I'm doing an interview, um, I feel like it's important for people to know who you are outside of this podcast and what you would bring um, to the podcast as a guest because you're a human being uh, made in the likeness and image of God. So my first question is, who is Jason Emmanuel Petty? And then uh, who is Propaganda? Yeah, okay. yeah um, J- Jason Emmanuel Petty. Dang, the whole government name. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'm like, Jason is, you know, husband, father, um, the youngest in his family, you know, uh, LA kid through and through, you know, um, you know, grossly insecure in some areas, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, um, highly overconfident in others, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, That's real. you know, um, lactose intolerant, <laughs> uh, you know, as soon as I hit 24, I feel you. Yeah. Just as soon as I hit 24, tummy was like, look, homie, <laughs> it's not going to happen no more. Um, yeah. Jason um, kind of cheated in his workout today. Uh, <laughs> it was supposed to be seven rounds. I did three. Um, but in my defense, I maxed out uh, last two days. So there's that. So I'm like, be kind to myself. That's uh, it. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, Jason's undoing some, you know, toxic practices in relationships, you know, and, uh, learning to be a better husband, you know, and, um, I have, I have two daughters, so I'm constantly confused. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I feel like they, I say it's like my whole house speaks German and I don't, that's the way it feels. You know what I'm saying? Like they all speak the same language and can, communicate in like pronouns Mm -hmm. and I don't know like my daughter will start a sentence like 
hey, that was crazy when we did it. And apparently her, her and my mama, her and my wife know exactly what they talking about. Right. Like, yeah. I'm like, That's, what, are you, what is y'all talking about? That was sad when that thing happened. And I'm like, <laughs> so what is what is y'all talking about? Yo, so anyway, so yeah, so 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 Jason is is grossly confused often. Uh, prop, um, you know, is a still a, a deeply hungry artist um, who you know is inspired by the life and times of Jason, you know, and. Um, and just desires to create amazing artifacts, you know, and using the platform, you know, props been given to uh, hopefully see, you know, culture flourish. Mm-hmm. Maybe even be reimagined, not even flourishing, but like maybe we should just start over and Come rethink on. it all. Listen you know? here. So that's Jason. That's Jason and Prop. That's Jason and Prop. So... One takeaway I got, you're a black man singing a Lord song in a strange woman and girl land, for sure. And, I, and I understand that because I have all Amen. guys. I'm the only girl in the house full of dudes. Yeah. So I can, I feel your pain, but on the opposite side of the spectrum. You get the, so you get the Swahili. Man. Where you just like, what is y'all, Listen. how does this make, and my wife even like, we had a good, like what? You know, I, I hear, I heard y'all all say y'all married, y'all all married. So you know them like when you have a good fight, where it's like this is this is intense, but we know we need to have this. Absolutely. Like you know, what I'm saying like we won't, we this had to go down. So we had we had one of those recently, and she basically was like, "You've made it very clear that you are not emotionally available for me and my daughter." And I was like, Dang. hold up. Yeah. Nigga, what? You understand what I'm saying? Listen. And she was, I was like, time out. That, now, that's not fair. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> like, we kind of, I was like, hold up. Now, nah, I'm doing my best, homie. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm exhausted, though, because I don't understand what the hell your problem is. <laughs> but I'm going to be here for you. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And she was like, that's my point. You just said you can't for the life of you understand why we feel how we feel. So that means you just not, a, we can't express it to you because you don't get it. And I'm like, touche, because cause you're right. Because I'm like, Listen. there are times that like, y'all need a good cry. And I'm like, a cry about... <laughs> Listen, bro. What, okay, what is we crying about? And then once you tell me what we crying about, I'm feeling like... <laughs> that. That's it? That's it? That's what we... I love okay. this. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, so she like, she's like, okay, you know what? That's she's like, cool. Then just don't come. <laughs> then just don't I, come to the moment. We like, need it's to fine. interview your wife. Like she sounds <laughs> like my kind of carrying on. I love her. <laughs> she's a G. That, yeah, that's like I always take say yeses to events before somebody meets her, because then they're gonna cancel it with me. But that's such a great, like, I think that's a the makings and measures of a man, a black man, that you're uplifting and amplifying, even at the beginning of the podcast, speaking so much about the women in your life. I think that's beautiful. Um, And I love that. Um, Well, and I want to segue that into you as an artist and your uh, artistic expression and mm-hmm. um, I have a few questions that I've actually prepared. Um, yeah. Just 
you know, what what's your what do you think your current contribution um, is to the current wave of protest and resistance for civil Ooh. and human rights? Like this generation, and and you and I are actually in the same um, generation, but. Um, mm-hmm. This generation of protest is most like right now the Black Lives Matter movement. And as an artist, you know, we just instinctively will speak to the times and and, and our gifts are used prophetically to be a voice. So what is your what do you think your current contribution is? Yeah, that's that's dope, man. I think in this last like, you know, like you said, a wave of of uprisings, I started seeing and it was kind of dope. Like I started seeing my lyrics on protest signs, but mm. they were like old lyrics. Mm. They were lyrics from like albums, you know, four and five years ago. And for me, on a, on a personal note, there was just like a sort of vindication in the sense that, you know, I, you know, made a conscious decision to be, all that I knew to be, you know, in the, from the, from the jump, you know what I mean? From the, from the, from the beginning of my career, you know, I was a child of a black Panther. So like I didn't, and I fell in love with hip hop out here in LA. So I, I didn't know how to not be what I was, you know what I'm saying? Um, then you get out of Los Angeles, you know, and, you, and, and of course as a Christian, there, I mean, there was, there's no, there's no, there's no Christian subculture here. So I didn't know that was a thing, you know what I mean? And then when you, when you, you know, start, start traveling and I was like, yo, y'all, y'all churches have rappers. That's right. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, uh, and uh, so when you start, you know, sort of seeing that and I, I realized like, oh, dang, I don't talk like the rest of y'all, you know, Um, just kind of knew that, at that point, it was like, oh, I guess my flag's in the sand that, like, I'm, I'm never going to really see the type of superstardom that other Christian artists will see because I don't talk like y'all, you know? Um, and, I, and I just kind of, like, I mean, there was, there was some times, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, I'm looking, I'm seeing, I'm seeing homies playing arenas, you know what I'm saying? And being like, damn, I wish I could play an arena, you know? Right. But then I start thinking about like, which one of my songs would I perform to all these people? And I'm like, uh, this would be awful. Like, they, right. none of them would like it, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, well, but then to see, you know, the time continue to come around. And then it was almost like, like I said, like a vindication that like, dang, like I made the right decision to be who I was. Because, you know, 10 years later, yeah, seeing my lyrics, you know. It's powerful. Like, so I want to, okay, you you don't just get to say I was, my parent was a Black Panther and think we ain't gone. Like, let's oh, yeah, dial yeah, it yeah. back. Because I think, did you listen to our uh, episode on Black Panthers? The Black Panther no. Party? No, okay, I didn't I was, see that one. I was going to get, I, I want to get your feedback offline on that. But um, I, okay. I, I, I was able to meet Bobby Seale um, at a college oh. lecture, which was awesome. And I, one of my friends, her mom is um, one of the Oakland original Black one Panthers. Okay, so yeah. I want to talk about like the intersectionality of being raised as an L.A. dude, you know, mm-hmm. um, and what part of South L.A.? Central. Man, South Central L.A., um, yeah. by a Black Panther intersecting with your your Christian faith that has kind of dibbled and dabbled over in this white evangelical space, somewhat kind of 
maybe yeah. toe in the water. Let, let, let's talk about that, all of that intersectionality. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so by the time, I mean, obviously, because just, just by how the calendar works, you know, the, the Black Panthers were, as a movement, pretty much dissolved by the time, you know, I was born. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Uh, but, and my father had, I mean, my dad, you know, he fought in Vietnam. Um, so he's a war vet also, right. you know, but you know, he was a, I mean, he was, they were pretty generations deep in LA. So, you know, it was like, he was a part of the, um, the crossover into like the starting of like the Crips and some of those like early meetings, you know what I mean? Of, of like trying to like, almost like talk the Crips out of becoming a gang, you know what I'm right. saying? So he was, he was a part of like some of that, that Powerful. stuff. So that said, you know, by the time I was around, um, they, both my parents, uh, when I was, you know, in early elementary school, both of them like became professing Christians, uh, you know, but like, and, and I mean, they, 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 they were Christians like every other black person was, you know what I'm saying? Like uncle yeah. was bishop so-and-so and deacon this. And, you know, I had my father's uncles were church planners, missionary Baptist church in Compton, you know what I'm saying? So it yeah. was all around us, you yeah. know what I'm saying? The, the, the faith, but you know, the black and specifically in California too, the black and Latino church, um, cause I, 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 I basically became a believer in an almost predominantly like Mexican church. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so our experience over here, again, without the luxury of like a Christian sort of subculture, it just looked different. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like we were, I, we have our, it's, we have our share of baggage, but just, we didn't have that like dominion Christian sort of like nationalistic, you yeah. know, patriotic, like that just wasn't in our, I just didn't know anything about that. Yeah. The idea of like the difference between a social justice, a social gospel and a, like I, that, that parsing out just, it just doesn't, it didn't exist. You know what right. I'm saying? So, so when someone said, we're going to change the culture for the Lord, for me, I was like, amen. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Say word. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, I thought that up. meant, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, 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 you know, you're fighting for justice. You're feeding the hungry. You're, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're changing laws. You're, you know what I'm saying? You're elevating the, you know, the less, the, uh, you know, the unheard, you know, and, yeah, and, yeah. you know, and it, because you like this, what Jesus did, you know what I'm saying? Like the idea of missions, I was like, my, my grandma was at a homeless shelter every Tuesday. Like yeah. this wasn't a, that's what they did. They went to the, they went every Tuesday, you know yep. what I'm saying? So like these were, I was shell shot, you know, and finding out that, you know, you walk into Nashville and you're in a public space and the 10 commandments are on the wall. I thought that was amazing. I right. was like, dang, that's crazy. Y'all got the, what? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, it, you know, and somebody, the first thing out of somebody's mouth being like, what church do you go to? I was like, no one's ever asked me that question. Right. You know, so like you mm-hmm. go out there, I'm like, oh, dang, y'all all go to, this is crazy, man. You know, and then just, I thought my my perception of the South was y'all all racist. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of, I didn't think of you in terms of Christian. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I thought, you couldn't be both. Like, you can't be racist and Christian. That's not, like, I just understand that that could coexist, you know, and then... Um, well, it can't, but... 
Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. You right. Know. But go so ahead. Then, <laughs> yeah. So then you so then you walk into these spaces, you know, and I think that the 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 biggest like splash of um you know ice cold water to my face was was uh was Trayvon Martin, you know? Yeah. And me just being like, dang, that's crazy, right? Like, I like, just like, dang, that's crazy. It's such a tragedy. And then somebody being like, what tragedy? And, and just being so confused, you know, right. talking in a room full of pastors, discussing redlining and somebody not even knowing what I was talking about. Like, I'm like, I'm, dog, I'm, I'm 25 years old at the time. Like, how... I'm the child in the room. I don't like you don't know what what you know, and just the the light bulb of being like, oh, this is different, you know. Yeah. Um, having like again, like you know, we come from a place where it's like, I mean, we are. I, I mean, I may be pushing a little harder, but I'm like, we are. Like my my youth leader was a came from prison. Like he was right. He was in prison. You know, what I'm saying the Lord saved him. You know, I'm like. The the reason why the reason why he don't drink and smoke is because he was in prison. So he's like, I just don't. He's like, I don't care. You do. I'm just trying to tell you this. Why I don't. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, you know, I, their their biggest thing for us was like, look, don't get a girl pregnant and don't join a gang. That was youth ministry. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's it. Don't that's join it. a gang. Don't become a dad. That was right. it. You know. So so to me, I was like, yo, we good. You know, right. uh, you that's know, crazy. I, yeah. So, anyways, I was I was more shell shocked. So my, like I said, so we were we were Christians per se, but we were Christians. I mean, like as Lecrae called it, oh, you were you were a Catholic Christian. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that, there's a difference mm-hmm. now. I know, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because as you're talking, I'm thinking about the missionary black experience and, and the black Christian experience in America, by and large. Um, up until recently, was very much street churching and street preaching, and so that's basically yeah. what you're explaining um, as your experience, like. You know, we instinctively and naturally fed the homeless and did all those things because that was us. Like that was from within our it, it, in, it, within our congregation. Yeah. Um, there wasn't much privilege that would exist. So it's like literally you're caring for your congregants and the community, the surrounding community, and it's just street churching and street preaching um, and nothing fancy, but just, you know, folks, folks being redeemed um, and, you know, coming in to salvation from prison or from within prison and homeless people, like all of that mental health issues, just all the things. You didn't have a, like, it was like, yeah, you didn't have a theological framework because you didn't think you needed it. Like right. this, just I didn't. Why? Like, do you have a theological framework for eating sushi? Like, right. no. You was just hungry. You decided you wanted some sushi. Right. So to me, it was like I didn't. So when someone would say like, well, well, biblically, like, what's what's your stance on X, Y, and Z? And I would be like, Do I have to have a position on what? every single like, thing? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was just so practical. Yeah, yeah. And functional. I'm like, I don't. What do you? What do you, this lady go to my church. Right. And she can't pay her bills. Period. I just don't understand. Why we got to have a theological position on it. Yeah, what are we talking about? Like, we going to feed her or not? (laughs) Yeah, that man stand on our corner. He out here every day. Right. (laughs) 
Yeah. Maybe we should help him. Like, I just didn't think. All the formalities. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you, bruh. Yeah. I, think, I got you. I think sometimes it's just like if you aren't doing what Christianity actually says to do, then uh, like evangelical subcultures sometimes will substitute in theology as a way to kind of self-justify that like I'm okay because I believe the right things and like let yeah. me set up these like theological systems so that I can feel superior in my, even though I'm not doing anything, even though I'm not yeah. actually living as a citizen of this other kingdom where yeah. like God's way and his law and his justice and his like um, top down, like the, the bottom up, like lead yeah. by serving is practiced. So instead I'm yeah. just going to like believe some right stuff so I can feel okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say it was like, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I was like, I didn't even have, and I learned to grow as I've grown in the faith. And I, and I will say this, like a soiree into sort of the Christian Academy has, I think it served me well in the sense of being like, you know, at some point you should have an answer, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and, uh, as to like, okay, why, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I will say like, I, I appreciate now having that, but it's just like, I, 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 for the life of me, I couldn't understand why they needed a why. Right. And no. that's I didn't understand. I was like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? You get it. Yeah. Well, and as a black man, a Christian and an advocate, um, let's talk about the, the intersectionality between the, uh, the balance of burden and, mm-hmm. and actual hope, especially yeah. coming from that, that, that life experience of being with the underserved and the least of these, um, you know, what, where do you find that balance? And, and, at the beginning, you were talking about, you know, just the complexities and the layers of who you are and identity. And I, it, it already resonated with me, bro, like, you know, mm-hmm. to be a black person in oftentimes now predominantly white spaces, but then holding on to this heritage or trying yeah. to hold on, pull the pull the best out of the heritage and the best out of the, the beauty out of that, those ashes and... You know, just it, it, there's so many elements that that make you that creative, that person that you know whose lyrics are now um, on protest posters. Like, yeah. there's so much of you that had to be wrung out um, to get to, to get to that place where your voice is used prophetically. So, where where do you find that balance? That's good. Yeah, I think balance is. I, I love that term because it's like. If you think about somebody walking a tightrope, they're constantly doing this. They're yeah. constantly shifting. So I think mm-hmm. that like our perception, a lot of times we think balance means you you nailed it. You right. figured it out. Right. And I'm like, that's not what balance, balance is. is a constant readjusting. It you is. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that like that's for me, that's the truth. There's a constant evaluation and reevaluation, readjusting, adjust, readjust, like, you know, and um. And, and I say that like for me, it was like that was a very freeing thought because I felt like I never I never I never found equilibrium. You know, what I mean, I never right. found it. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm always doing this, right. you know, so like and then and then it was freeing to realize. And I and I say this to like even to help the listener to be like, yeah, no, balancing is a constant readjusting. It doesn't mean that you've you've hit homeostasis. You know what I'm saying? Um, so for me, that process of 
actually the the quarantine actually helped. You know, I think creatively, I just was like, I can't be who I'm not. So I already had like a pretty solid commitment to being true to who I knew I was and right. am. Right, you know, right. and just being like, and I'm going to, and knowing that there's an audience out there somewhere, but I, I, and, and, and my attitude was like, I'm going to make my work undeniable, you know? Um, and then remembering when it comes to white evangelical church, professionally speaking, I don't know what the number is now, but um, last year there was at least in America, and or at least in the Western Hemisphere, but specifically America, there was six million CCM buyers, mm. right? So if you were saying there's six million of them, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, okay, in total, six million, mm. right? I'm like, okay, Justin Bieber has 14 million followers alone. Mm-hmm. On his, so I'm like, that's really not that many people. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to break my neck for y'all because it's not that many of you. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So when I realized like the world is so large that I don't have to like, why am I fighting over? And then I go and then and then if you want all those people, if you go on Winter Jam, Winter Jam sees two million during the you know during its heyday winter jam saw two million people over the year mm-hmm. over the over the tour i'm like okay that's one third of the entirety of the christian buyer if you want to be a star just do winter jam do you know what i'm saying because <laughs> it's a closed ecosystem right. and we know where all of y'all are on sunday right. you can find every buyer in america if you want to do it because they all gather themselves on sundays you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. So I'm like, well, stupid, stop rapping, do worship music, and become a star, right? So it would be it, it would be that simple. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I, again, I'm going, practically speaking, yeah. it's only six million of y'all. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I, I'm not going to, and then all 500 of us are fighting for these 6 million people. I'm good. Right. You know, I don't, I don't need to worry about that. And, and I have to capitulate. I have to not be myself. Right. Right. To do this. And then, la- and then the last thing I would say too, is like, especially about finding that balance. And what I mean by like the, the quarantine helped was like, again, I grew up where any, any white Christianity I saw was because they opted to come to us. Mm-hmm. Like I was in a black and Latino church. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to say, and there was, of course, there was white people there, but they were in our space. Right. So in my mind, I was like, well, y'all one of us. So we just didn't, I just didn't think about it. So I was like, I've lived and it's people that live, it's artists, even Christian artists, it's Christian artists that live their entire career and never set foot in a white church. Because there's that many, (laughs) we represent 11% of the body of Christ, American white evangelical, you 11%, you understand what I'm saying? So I'm like this, I remember once I did this festival and it was at, it was at the Coliseum. Um, and it was with, it was a Spanish festival because the part of the rap group I was in, there was some dudes that spoke Spanish. Mm -hmm. So we got booked for this like Spanish festival. It's, it's a, it's the Coliseum, it's a ring, it's a Coliseum, it's a stadium and it's sold out. And I remember being like on this whole bill, a full day festival. I was like, I don't know none of y'all, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the whole 
the whole stadium singing every lyric to every song. It just made me realize how big this world was. And it extended and was, your worldview, I'm sure. It extends your worldview because... It extended my world. So yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. why? I don't, need, I don't need to worry about y'all. Right. You I know, so that. for me, that's how I found that balance. And I was like, the quarantine reminded me of that. I was like, I don't, I don't have to go into unwelcome spaces. Exactly. You don't have to do it. Check your you know? dust after your, off your feet. Well, and that segues me into another question. Like, what is the most important thing for you to say and express right now um, thematically? Like, what, mm. where, where is your voice landing and what do you feel like most passionate about? as far as, you know, what you're expressing um, with your art in, 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 in this, you know, era of resistance and justice? Yeah, I love it. I, my biggest thing is, like, I feel like I'm yelling from, maybe there's two things. I feel like I'm, I'm like, sometimes I feel like the, the crazy, like, kind of, str- like, the strange scientist in the, um, in the like disaster movie that's screaming at everyone, guys, that's a mall freaking meteor. Yeah. It's like, what am am I taking crazy pills? None of y'all see this meteor. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I, I oftentimes feel that way with my music. And then, and then someone says like, you know, I'm, I'm using your words not to, not to troll you, but I'm saying people go, man, your voice is so prophetic. Then I'm like, well then fucking listen, if it's prophetic, like I'm trying to tell you, like, you understand what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? So, I'm like, this is what I'm trying to tell you. You telling me I'm prophetic. Listen then. You know, so, like, so what I'm saying is, like, I'm like, I, I, I feel like I taught, I taught history and social science before I did music full time. So, I'm just like, okay, as far as our nation is going, I'm like, freshman level world history would tell you that we are walking down a very multiple times beaded path <laughs> and we can all see the end. I'm mm-hmm. like, I would test my freshmen with, with what's happening right now to be like you 14 year old kids in my class could tell you how this is going to end. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 so, for sure. so to me, I'm going like, I don't understand like guys abort, Abort, you know, um, yeah, you know. So that's one thing. But ultimately, I feel like my manager asked me, like, "What do I want to talk about for the next ten years?" And 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 it's this point that you asked me, which is like culture, abstractly, government, civilization, uh, laws, borders, nations, institutions. They are all made up. How about it? We made them up. Yeah. We just made them up a long time ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, it, it's made up. It is imaginary. The line between the 47th parallel between Canada and the U.S., that's not, there's no force field. We made it up. You know what I'm saying? And the pair, the line of longitude is made, it's not on, you can't, it's not on the globe. We, <laughs> we made it up. I love it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so if that's the case, if you make up something, and it sucks. Yeah. Then make something new up. Yeah. So like that's so I feel like my message to the world to the culture is like culture is made up by us. Right. So let's it doesn't have to be this way. Let's imagine something else because we imagined what we have now. I can't stress this enough. 
we made up our institutions. Right, and this con- the construct of whiteness as a culture, it lended its, it, it basically influenced the, the construct of black culture. Like, the beauty of black culture is that it was born from oppression, but it was born from oppression. Our culture would have been completely different, different and a whole different uh, imagination and, yeah. and, and, and vision if it had not been influenced by oppression. So you can't Absolutely. be offended by black culture when it's the product of white supremacy. Because before then, it was Nigerian culture or Ghanaian culture or whatever. But black We were is, pan-ethnic like everybody right. else. And we was black just is in what it. we got right now. Black is what yeah. we got. And that's and what I we, even yeah. say that, I even say that to white people where I'm like, what makes you think you was a monolith? Like, exactly. like you know y'all's history? The Danes, the Goths, the, you know what I'm saying? Like the Ger- Roman Germanic tribes that took out the Roman Empire. Like y'all understand, y'all so proud of y'all Roman history. Where I'm like, first of all, you you colonized yourselves, right? And it took your indigenous people that up north to shut y'all down. Well, I don't understand what you don't get. Like, like what what don't you understand about yourself? So yes, yeah, right. Where I'm like, as 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 far as black black is concerned, like we made treasure out of trash because we just got that kind of magic, you know. And I'm very proud of who I am. Very. But like, okay, so this is where we are now. I'm not gonna. I can't re-adjudicate the past. This is where I am, right? And it's so hard for us to even reimagine ourselves beyond that marginalization. That's exactly. a pressure and a pain within itself. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, that's right. So I'm like, so so even, yeah, in speaking to black people, like when I'm like, you know, I don't, I know for the sake of like practical functioning in the world because we are not the dominant culture. Like I understand that we're not the ones in power. So I have to know how to like navigate that world. That said, I don't have to accept their definitions of me, you know, um, in this, like, and, and for the Christian, I mean, the easiest example is, is the book of Daniel, you know, Mm. is being like, Daniel's like, Hmm. Belshazzar, sure, whatever. Call me whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. But you, I'm still not who I am, though. To your but idols, like, and I'm going to still pray, and I'm going to still do. Sure. What I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he's like, and he worked for, he worked for, he worked for Nebuchadnezzar. He like, did. yeah, I work for you. It's fine. And I'm the best employee you got. Boop. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, I guess. Right. I mean, this is where we are. Like, what do you want me to say? This is where we are. But I'm not, I'm not made in your image. Like, you can. You build whatever statue you want. That's a statue of your image. And Daniel's legacy still stands. Yeah. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And check this out. And then again with Daniel, this is a great example. Daniel's like, Daniel outlasts that empire. Yeah. Empires crash. You know, Babylon fell. And his prophecies continue. And then he he worked for the Medes of the Persians. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I don't, you don't define me. Like, I'm fine. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think that like that, for the Christian, what like especially the Christian that's like fell into like the the Trump cult is like is the part that I like I want to look at you and go like are you like you you're gonna die in the you're gonna die with the empire like I don't understand like you don't you why why don't you see this don't you don't you see that like man but you don't you know what I mean so yeah this it doesn't real. have to be this way is the is the thing this might be a little slightly off topic but one thing I appreciate about I think just hip hop in general, but like, especially what you do with poetry, 
mm-hmm. um, is that I feel like a lot of white Christians, like we, we just love hope and we love like, I mean, mm. that's really it. It's like, I mean, if you probably just take a- Imagine suffering. Just take like CCM music. It's probably yeah. mainly about, you know, happiness and stuff. What what I love about your lyrics and your poetry specifically is that it's it's speaking to so many levels of complexity that hit me personally, right. like on so many mm-hmm. different where I like, oh my gosh. And I I don't know, it's like it's one of those things where it's like I don't like that, but then I like I want more of it. Mm-hmm. And so um I would love to just to hear your thoughts on like yeah. th- that that idea that like Christian music is about happiness and certainly there are hip hop and poems about happiness and stuff, but I love the bil- the yeah. ability that you can rebuke and that is, I mean, that is love, um, right. what you're doing. And so maybe you can speak to the freedom that you have and what yeah. you do versus kind of like what a, just a mainstream Christian, white Christian mm. music market. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely, you know, and like you said, yeah, to acknowledge like the party aspect of like hip hop and having fun and you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, of course I enjoy that. You know, I, I don't make it, you know what I mean? And, and I feel like I don't feel the burden one, because it's unrealistic. And two, I just don't feel it to be, to scratch every itch a listener has, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm not the only artist in the world. If you want something else, go to somebody else. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? A restaurant can't serve every type of food. You have to, you, say, you know, you serve the food you, you make well, you know what I mean? So there's that from a practical sense, but I think, yeah, to, to your point about CCM, they're not, I feel like they're not hiding that, that like we want to make uplifting safe for the whole family, you know, feel good music. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, because it is, if we're going, I mean, as no other way to cut it, like it's a consumer block, mm. you know, and the, and it, and the consumer block doesn't have to be professing believers. It has, because, because the content just needs to be uplifting. So you're going to call it CCM, but it's fine, but it's, it's just safe music, you know? And if you know, I mean, hell, like read Ezekiel, you know what I'm saying? Like none of the prophets would have gotten record deals, you know, because they just don't, they're not safe, you know? Right. So, so to me, it's like, I don't, I have no ire, or like venom for it because I'm like, well, that's fine. If that's what you want, I don't, I mean, I don't care. Like if you like, listen, if you like raisins in your potato salad, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to yell at you about it. I think it's gross. If you come to my house, I'm not going to have raisins in my potato salad. There's no, it's sweet potato in my house. It's not pumpkin. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. And it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Like, it's fine. It's just, yeah. you're not going to get it from me. You know what I'm saying? So, so to me, that's what I meant by like early on. And like I said, in the beginning, early on, I just made that commitment to where I was like, well, I don't, first of all, I don't even know how to make something like this. You know what I mean? And then number two, it wouldn't be 
authentic. You know, I just, I just don't, I just don't do it. And, but if you want to make music for, for escape, cause I mean, you could do, like I said, you could do the same in hip hop. You can make party music. Right. Like, and it'd be authentically black experience, you know, feel good, you know, dynamite soul, you know, earth, wind and fire. That's feel good music. You know what I'm saying? And it's authentically black. I just don't make it. You know what I'm saying? And that's fine. You know? Um, so yeah, but the, the, the white evangelical propensity for desiring comfort, I think is, is not, I mean, the yeah the the christian radio space is just a just a part of the whole continuum like it's not i can't blame the whole thing that's just that's just that's just american like it's just american leisure you know it's just mm. it's gentry you know what i'm saying like that's what gentry wants comfort you want to just in the cool of the day and whistle dixie and Catch the vapors because it's so hot. You know what I'm saying? Well, I do declare, you know, and have your nice sweet tea and lemonade. That's just you. Of, of course, you romanticize the comfort. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just not real. Right. But like we, I, I, I mean, we, everybody wants escapes. Like you, take your escape. I, I don't care. Just it's not. But like, it's like what, what my old, my old uh, mentor used to say, you know, I don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining. Like right. we know what this is. Like you just want comfort. Yeah. Mm. And it's fine. It's just not Christian. It's just that's good. Don't call it Christian. You know what I'm saying? That's but good. I don't and if you do call it Christian, I don't care because it's not. But I don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is it in, in Micah where God says, like, away with the noise of your praise to the melody of your harps, I won't listen, but mm. let uh, love rolled down like water and righteousness yeah, or justice, justice like an ever flowing stream. Um, and I think that that like, like the comfort music that comes out of so much of white evangelicalism right now, like if like it, the, the, first of all, the problem with it, there's a couple of problems with it. Well, one is just, it's like entirely focused on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My sister and I, at one point for another project, we like took the top 20 Christian songs and we analyzed mm-hmm how much focus was on us and how much was on God. And mm-hmm. it, like we rated all the songs on a score of one to 10. And there was only three that were even above a five being focused on God. They were like all but three of them were just almost entirely Dang. about me and Dang. my comfort, top 20 Christian songs. Um, and then the, the other thing is I think how much like from God's perspective, like if what he's really, if God is really about like his people being, comfortable and just like living in a little holy huddle, then that music's probably fine. But then if God is about something bigger, like building a kingdom on earth where Jesus like establishes justice and causes the world to work in a way where the poor and weak are elevated and causes like all nations to flock into his kingdom and for him to bless his people and show the world that there's a better way than like the kingdoms of, I mean, even like, in the um, passages you mentioned earlier with Daniel, like God shows yeah. these these beasts, these four different beasts that represented earthly empires that were unjust yeah. and oppressive. And then Christians now are all worried that like the mark of the beast is like COVID or vaccine for COVID or yes. something. When really like beasts in the Bible represented oppressive empires. And like that's what like they were already defined by Daniel to represent oppressive empires. And then here in Revelation. 
Like there's this warning of like, don't get the mark of this oppressive empire that's building wealth and comfort on the backs of the oppressed. And that's what Christians are doing while they're thinking like, as long as I don't get a vaccine or a new iPhone, then I'm not going to go to hell. It's so, it's so, it's, it's, it's not funny, but it's so funny Bruh. because you're, you're so right. Not only that, I've often said, Hey, when you became saved, did, didn't Paul say you bear the marks of Christ? Where, where is it? Where's your mark? So you understand already that you already bear the marks of Christ, but you ain't take no, no chip for it, did you? So then why did you? Yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. This, so you already had the mark of man, yeah, which is yeah, the mark of the beast, which is the mark of man. We're, we're, yeah, we're arguing logical. So like, I'm just like <laughs> the, the, the fear for the COVID thing and, and having a card, you know, people saying like, oh, you know, you're having to carry a card that said you got a, uh, that said you got the vaccine and you won't be able to get into things without this card. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, that's crazy. But you ever been to another country? Bruh. Did you have a, did you have a passport? Mm-hmm. Did you need, did you, did you need to present something to show you when you get pulled over when you drive in, did you have to show a driver's license? Okay, so you you already carry cards that yeah. that identify you as safe. Well, it's just so I don't understand, understand the difference. Anyway, yeah, it feels like just if you know God, like from the Bible, then it's not that hard to realize that God's priority and His like what He cares about is not like if we accidentally have like the wrong card and now we're marked for the beast. It's like yes. so obvious that what God cares about is love. Like the Bible literally yes. says the whole law is summarized by the single command, love your neighbor as yourself. Greatest commands, love the Lord your God yeah. with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Like God yeah. from love created the world for love, for Jesus. And so like knowing God then shows like, okay, well, like what, however we interpret revelation, it's going to have to be through that filter of like for who sure. God is. And yeah. God's not going to just like knowing him, like he's not going to like make like, I mean, yeah. all these like weird conspiracy theories and revelation interpretations that like lead in lots of cuckoo directions. I feel like they just miss who God is. Yeah. I've never understood this. Like, well, maybe I have, maybe I have at some point understood this like fascination with persecution and like, like you really want to feel like you're being oppressed. Like you're suffering so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so yeah, like you said, like a, a, a an interpretation of the scriptures as, as well as you just nailed it is like, you're not going to have to imagine and manufacture the persecution that comes with making the decision to move in love. You won't have to, you don't have to make silly memes about the government, like trying to save your life. That's what I'm saying. Like they, I'm trying to keep you alive. I don't, why, how, how are they the bad guys? You're so saying. So, so I think, I think, um, yeah, I just, I, it's, it's weird. It's like, and it's also a, a, a testament again, like, I, I feel like not having sort of a global perspective of the church, you know, I, I, you know, I spent enough time in Africa and, you know, in uh, Mexico and 
yeah. just other parts of the world where you just you just like I it's like it just any church in America relatively speaking really should just like we should just sit that convo out just just sit just sit this one out guys like sit the sit the persecution convo out like you don't you we should let's not we should yeah. we should stay out of this one you know what i'm saying like and and I, and i feel like i like i i see it so clearly you know just in maturity in general like when i think about like issues around um, as a male, I think issues around like women's rights and, 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 and things like that. I think there's some convos like just as dudes, we should probably just sit that one out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you, you not just, Hey man, just won't you, you sit this one out. Yeah. Like yeah. you're, you don't, you don't have a take bro. Like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. and if you do, it's a stupid take. It's just, just sit it out. Doc. Yeah. yeah. Let me just, for some of the white listeners, maybe set up just like a, an example. Um, so, uh, Rap music was uh, like for during kind of the start of rap music as it was developing. Banks wouldn't lend to a black aspiring artist so that they could go record a studio al- album. Like Not they at were all. in redlined inner city districts where all the wealth had been basically like, looted out, and there's no capital to use to record a rap album. So if a black rapper wants to like chase his dream, the only place at that time that he could go, um, in some instances at least, I mean, depending on if you have other connections, is you can go to the gangs or somebody selling drugs and that's where the money, the capital is. So that's who you borrow from to start, like, record your album and pay for it. So -hmm. then a lot of early rap music, you know, would have a lot of themes of, like, drugs. And then Mm -hmm. white evangelicals listen to that and then judge that yeah, and kind of condemn it not realizing that they're the ones who have the power that set up the systems that created that. Like that yeah. they through Jim Crow and through redlining and through like uh like all these oppressive systems that took all the capital yeah. have uh and through buying drugs, through like creating <laughs> that market and going in and buying the drugs, um, like white people create like in in many cases historically is like white evangelical subculture created or presided over these systems of injustice that then created like the very things that they then went to condemn. So then like when white Christians are sitting in comfort in like their suburbs with like all the stuff that they've looted through what God's perspective sees as like this beastly oppressive empire, but for them, they just kind of inherited it and they just kind of think they're entitled to it and just kind of feel comfortable in it. Like, I think it's hard to get them to see. It's hard. And white listener who's listening to this now, I challenge you to consider God's perspective on some of the, the generational wealth that you sit in comfort with that has come from unjust systems and to just like sit in that, that tension, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's yeah. good. I've got a side question. We, then we can start kind of wrapping things up. I'm, I'm going to cool. I have two questions. Okay. One is I want you to speak to these lyrics that you wrote. This is one, this is my favorite thing that you've done. The 20 year, okay. 20 years poem. Dope. I think you, this was 2016. And yes. then, I'll, then I'll have a question right after this. So I'm going to read just a little excerpt from this. 
and then I'm going to ask another question. Then I just want you to speak to both. Okay. Okay. This is a little out of context, but if you haven't listened to Props 20 Years, just search 20 Years Propaganda and, and enjoy. I think there's a video of it. Yes, there is. Does forgiveness not require restitution first? Does the cross you say you cling to does not scream that justice comes from reconciliation? How can we talk about unity if you're not ready to admit you wrong? So I want you to talk about that, just that kind of lyric. But then also, as a white person that's at your concert, what am I supposed to do <laughs> when you're performing that? Like, you're performing these songs. I almost feel weird. I'm like, I don't want to be like, yeah! Um, but maybe, uh, I mean, yeah, well, I know you've got, you've got... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm like the inquisitive white person at your show that's yeah. just like really kind of like, oh yeah, that's really good. And then, but just not <laughs> I really love it. moving around. So, <laughs> so just good. so good. Um, yeah, speak to that lyric uh, in 20 years and kind of that idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, so the poem was like, I was kind of focusing the uh, sort of the accusation like from a funnel all the way down. So like openly, the biggest, the it opens with sort of like, an accusation or yeah, but like I'm calling to task Americanism. And then, and then towards the end, you try to speak to the Christian American. Right. And, um, sort of appeal to the obvious, which is right in front of us, which is the order for which we say we were reconciled with Christ is, the sun was crushed, right? Which was justice, right? So because there was an offense and justice rained down first, that was the sun being crushed. And because justice was fulfilled, we are now reconciled to the father, right? So, and, and, in, and in our own sort of theology, none of this is even enacted before a repentance, Right. And repentance is an admission of wrong. Right. right. So, so what I'm saying is like, this is the very process of your own salvation. So, I'm, what I'm presenting to you is not a foreign idea. Right. So, when you just want Black people to come to the table and do, Racial reconciliation and reconciliation content. And prop, can you come speak on our podcast about racial reconciliation? The answer is no. I'm not going to speak to you about reconciliation because you don't want to talk justice. You trying to be reconciled to the Father without you want the resurrection without the crucifixion. And I'm just saying, you know that that's not possible. You can't raise from the dead if you was never dead in the first place. You can't repent from a sin that you don't think is sinful. Bro. So I don't, there's, there's what can, what reconcile to what? There was no, you don't think you're wrong. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so, and not only that, like we can't just be like, again, according to your own theology, we can't just be like, you know what? Let's just start over. Let's just let's just forget it. Can we all just like calm down and just like let's just we're we're good now, right? I'm like, no, you don't believe that's possible. How does one become safe? You repent, you accept the justice that was due for you, put on the savior. Now you're reconciled. Yeah. So to me, I was I was trying to appeal to like using your own logic 
what you're asking me to do, mm-hmm. you don't even do. Right. Not only that, you already believe that that's out of order. That's not the way that it works. You already believe that's not the way it works. So, so, so that's ultimately what I was getting at with the line and with that poem. But I think, yeah, speaking to the, uh, the, the, the white person, the curious white person that may have meandered into my, my show. Uh, I'm like, if, if we're talking, you know, outside of this plague and we out be able to go outside, then I'm like, okay, so you spent $25, your own $25. You went and got a babysitter cause, uh, or you didn't call it off work for the next day because most of my concert, I, my, my fan base are generally adults. You know what I'm saying? So like y'all got responsibilities. So you didn't spend your hard earned money to come to a show that you ain't have to come to. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so, so you opted in is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. You opted into this space, you know? So in that sense, I'm like, I feel like I owe you a duty to give you what you opted in for. Now, after that, I am going to do my best to not so much give you a neat little bow, but I am going to take you on a sort of a, I hate the term journey, but that's kind of what it is. I want to take you into a, a journey into like just the whole experience, you know what I mean? And like, and you can process that however you feel you need to, you know what I'm saying? So for that, for that white person, I'm like, bro, you tell me, like, you tell me how you're supposed to take this. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know where you are. I don't know your background. I don't know your history. I don't, I don't know. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm glad you're here. You know, um, if I am your first conversation on justice was coming to a prop concert, then like, woo. You know what I'm saying? You you threw yourself to the wolves. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but if but if but if you felt like after listening to my stuff that like yo this is a space that I want to come into, I want to process because I I feel the I feel something you know through props art, then like you are absolutely welcome. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I hope that everyone feels like that with my work. Like, yo, you're welcome. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm never gonna like unless we're cracking jokes, but I'm never going to like single you out in the crowd and be like, look at this white guy. Like, nah, like mm-hmm. you paid your $25 like everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I hope you have a great time, you know? Um, but especially for, a, I guess for a line like that, I would be like, man, I hope you ask yourself the questions you need to ask yourself. Like, right. dang, am I doing that? Am I right. asking somebody to, and why am I, why am I asking somebody to do to jump over things I'm not willing to jump over. Why am I not willing to jump? What is this really? What's this implications? Like, how do, what do I do when I get home? What does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like the, you can't help but live in the shadow of the, of history that you're in. So like, we just live in a post enlightenment Western civilization. Like we can't help it, you know? So it is what it is. But because of that, you want me to give like, often, not you, but I'm saying like, oftentimes you know, white people want a, what are the four things I need to do? So what, what practically speaking, what are, what are the four things I need to do? And I'm like, I get it. You want notions, you mm-hmm. want steps. I get it. It just don't, how wild would it be if you asked your wife that? 
Hey, what are the four things you need for me to do to show you that I love you? Do pretty the sure your wife, Yeah, I'm pretty sure your wife would be like, uh, I don't know, to wash the dishes, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have an answer for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, stick around, dog. Like, just, you, you'll know. Like, if you hear, you'll know. You know what I'm saying? Like, so to me, that's like, I feel like that's my answer to, to like, that's my answer. Like, especially to like that, that, that curious white person. I'm like, yo, stick around. Cause like, I just, there's no four steps. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't, yeah. you tell me, you tell me what you need to do. Yeah. You know? Well, cause yeah. really it's to some degree, it's like, I need you to rebuild your whole worldview. It's like, uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Relearn history so that you know what actually happened and restart your worldview with the assumption that you're not superior Right. And then rebuild the entire thing from there. And I say start with the truth. I was asked this question today. Yeah, start with There's the truth. Your yeah. Just start with start the with truth. Start with the truth. Yeah. yeah. And that's and when I when you tell somebody like I, I just think like, yeah, when you like you say, like when you drop into an American church or just an American in general and you go, Hey, the founding fathers were racist and the constitution didn't include anybody except for, you know, land owning white men. Right. So it wasn't for it. It's not the people. It was never, they never meant it for the people. Mm-mm. Like how earth shattering, like sometimes I feel like I don't appreciate how earth shattering that is to a person. Right. You know, like I'm basically telling you the sky is orange. And I, and I, and I'm, I'm learning to appreciate that when I'm like, no, I've lived in this, I've lived in this reality the whole time. And I'm, and you just go, but then there are times where like, I know in my life I've had to go, I have to rethink I mean, having two daughters was that like having to rethink all, absolutely <laughs> rethink it all. Like you know, what I'm saying like I, I look when, when, when my eldest had had her womanlies, <laughs> I was like, they did a whole sacred feminine thing with all the all my wife's friends came over and they, it was they was celebrating her and doing all they like, you know, little home remedies and telling stories about, you know, when, when they got, and, and what they mama said to them and how funny that was and how they mama didn't tell them, you know, yada, yada, and just all that stuff. Like I got up and walked away. Cause I was like, I have nothing to add to this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I feel like not only that, Everything I think I know, I'm aware that I have very little and secondhand knowledge right. to any of this. So I just, not only that, I feel like as a side note, I, I just, there are things I shouldn't know about my wife's friends. Like I just, <laughs> I just, I just shouldn't know this about y'all. So I'm like, I'm just going to. I'm just going to walk away. And I got ripped a new one. My wife walked into that room and was like, that's your daughter. You need to participate. And I'm like, how? How do I, how, woman? How do I participate in that? You know? And she's just like, you, this is a part of her growth. She needs to know that her father appreciates every part about her. The fact that she's a full woman and that you respect her and that this is not strange. You don't otherize her, that this is a normal part of her life and you need to be a part of it. Come you know, on, I'm sis. Like, ah, it's time to relearn. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, look, everything that happened in the bathroom for any any human, 
<laughs> any human, when you go into the bathroom, that's none of my business. That's my worldview. Whatever you do in the bathroom is none of my business. You know what I'm saying? I love it. So I just learned that ah, maybe you need to rethink that. Yeah. So the least you could do, white person, is stop living on an imaginary earth and understand that the Constitution isn't as holy as you think it is. Yeah. And, and just to kind of like, because bodily function is not necessarily a human right. And so the celebration and affirmation of women and that, um, that like that's not a human right. That's not a supply at schools. There are girls who are in poverty who don't have access. And, and yeah. for women, it's like water because God yeah. created it. And so yeah. that takes you into a whole nother element of justice that your wife is compelling you to see yeah. and acknowledge. And that's the same way it is. For exactly. black people as an oppressed people group. It's exactly. like, yeah, you don't know nothing about what's over here, but you need to sit and take a posture of humility and hear and listen and be and sit in the discomfort. The and end. that's what I did. Yep. The that's end. It. That's what I did. You know, now I'm like, bruh. Because mm. I, but the fellas, let me tell you, and, and, I'm, and, I'm t- and I'm telling you in the sense that like, I look at y'all's white skin and y'all's white experience and I go, no, trust me, I get it. Because right. I sat across that table being like, I, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is bonkers. Are you serious? I love it. What? You know, and then just being like, all right, you know what? I'm going to let you lead the way. There you go. <laughs> and, and, and I'm a better man for it. Yeah. So, so we're drawing near the end of the time. And a uh, question we normally ask is uh, just kind of closing out interviews is just kind of picture yourself. You got to, audience here of uh, somewhere mm-hmm. around like 10,000 white people um, who most of them at some level want to learn how to love and what it looks like. Yeah. And you already said like you don't want to list four things to do, but uh, but more kind of building a new worldview. So I wonder if you could yeah. like maybe just lead into or kind of close out by just using this opportunity to speak to the listeners as they're kind of tune in their ears into you and kind of share uh, a little bit about like, what does this new worldview look like that's like more loving and more just? That's good, man. I think, um, I think first of all, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna placate you to be like, oh God, you're so brave for doing this, you know? Um, But at the same time, I am going to acknowledge that like what you're, you reimagining your world is hard. You know, so um, I'm going to say, you know, take your time. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. You're not going to, you're not going to have a PhD in Afro studies tomorrow, you know? Um, uh, So I would say that I would say, you know, obviously like diversify, depending on how you learn, you know, diversify your, your, your bookshelf, you know what I'm saying? And, and um, start pulling from you know, authors that you probably wouldn't pull from. I think a a good way to find those things out is like, you know, if there's somebody you follow on Twitter, like go through who they follow and then follow those people. And then, you know, and then rather than asking me to like, oh, now it's my job to compile you a book, you know, book list, like, which I ain't got time for it. You know what I'm saying? Just 
see, see who I follow. You know what I'm saying? I follow authors, you know what I mean? And then buy their books, you know, and you know, you, you can do it. You know what I'm saying? Like when you wanted to know how to like pressure wash your driveway, figured it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you could do the same. You figured it out. You'll figure it out, you know? And, um, and then I'd say lastly, like, man, just continue to ask yourself those tough questions, man. Like, like ask them, you know? And then like, look yourself in the mirror. Don't be afraid of the, don't be afraid of the answer. You know what I'm saying? And, and, um, you know, if you do got that person of color in your life that like y'all had that kind of relationship where you can, you can be, you know, dumb as hell to then, you know, as long as y'all got that understanding, you know what I'm saying? Then like, yeah, you know, pursue it. You feel me? Um, pursue that, lean into that relationship that you already got, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would say. But ultimately like, yeah, you know, it's going to take time, but remember while you're growing and, and trying to understand in the meantime, people are actively suffering, you know what I mean? So yeah. sometimes it's like, while you're, you do it, you do it, period. You jump in even before you understand, you know what I'm saying? Um, again, if I'm talking to the Christian, that was your, that was your faith. That was your salvation. Did you really understand the atonement mm -hmm. when you first got in? No, you didn't get it. You yeah. still don't. Yeah. I know I still don't. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like that didn't stop you. You feel me? Like if you got married, it's like, did you really, did you, do you really have a PhD in your spouse? Like, do you really, did you really know that person when you married them? No, you were just down. You're just like, I'm down. I'm in, you know? So it's like, so I'm saying the same, like that person, you, that, 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 that person you love isn't waiting on your love. And when you had children, you didn't know what the hell you were doing. You know what I'm saying? You still don't, but you still loved them. You just dove in. You know what I mean? So, so I'd say as you're growing, as you're learning to understand, but like, don't stop the work, you know, you just dive in, you know? And yeah, so I, 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 that, that would be my, that, I guess that would be my, my encouragement to, the, to well, the listener. We really have thoroughly enjoyed having you and listening to you. It's been a, an honor. Like, I mean, just, we're just blessed to oh, just you hear guys. your heart. And so we want to know, like, how can we best support you? How can we oh, that's um, dope. Yeah. get our listeners uh, to support you? Yeah, so the website, my website, prophiphop.com, uh, dot com um, has uh, a lot of <laughs> coffee and a lot of uh, other types of merch. Um, I'm I'm really a coffee nerd, so there's a lot of uh, links towards coffee roasters that are you know uh, BIPOC either owned or operated. Uh, um, there's music and pods and merch like all there, and you know we'll be doing. Got a book coming out in 2021. Come so I'm on. excited about that. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So like, yeah, just ProfitPopMan.com, like ProfitPop.com, specifically backslash coffee. If you want to get some like, just get some beans. That's the quickest way. Get some beans. Get some coffee beans. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and buy a jacket. Okay. Made of coffee. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People are always like, donate, like give up your latte and donate to this instead. But you're like, no, get your latte. Get no, get beans. it. But just yeah. get it from me. You yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> get it in a way that also does yeah. justice. Okay, so we're going to post your links and stuff. Please and we'll, do. we'll um, get a hold of your Instagram and all your handles and make sure yeah. we share those in the show notes. 
Listen, we appreciate you, brother. Keep doing you what so you're much. doing. Keep growing. Um, I'm trying. Keep learning from those beautiful women in your life. And let's uh, go. We're looking forward to how the Lord is going to continue to elevate you and your voice um, in this season. Thank so thank you, guys. All right, bro. Appreciate y'all. Bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you're looking for more information on what we discussed, take a look at the show notes or go to blackhistoryforwhitepeople.com. If you'd like to play a supportive role, you can support us on Patreon for $5 a month. You get to vote for future topics, get some behind the scenes video footage, and listen to full unedited interviews. Remember that all the money that you give through episode 21 will all go to The Witness. On our next episode, we will be discussing Martin Luther King Jr. We'll leave you with this quote from propaganda song Crimson Cord. What it do to a boy's brain to see his father through glass walls, while algebra homework less important than last calls. Collect calls come from upstate. You eventually grow numb. It's a sad state. And it's hard to conceive, let alone believe, that you're worth it.